Hello and welcome to Alvarado on Maction, podcast that's all about Mac football and not Mac football. I'm Alex Alvarado. Today is Sunday, April 11th. There's 143, yep, 143 days until kickoff. You know, we're still going through the spring practices and stuff, and normally I have a, a position preview to present, but I'm not going to do that today. Right now, I'm going to cover some uh, some recent news that just came up that regards the transfer policy, which is an improvement for the players. Now, there might be... Now, that, of course, with everything that happens, there's always a second side to the coin. And, you know, there's a bunch of coaches that are going to say, oh, now there's going to be fighting on the sideline. Oh, now that coaches are going to be fighting for each other's players in season, blah, blah, blah. That probably shouldn't already happen already. But one, I'm I'm sure it already happens already. And two, man, you had years and years to recruit these kids. So I got a little bit of that to talk about. And also, you know, we've been talking about some draft prospects in this process in these final three weeks leading up to the draft itself. Uh, and we're all probably tuckered out of talking about quarterbacks. I got one more quarterback. And I actually forgot that he was even a prospect to begin with. Just one, just one name. And I promise it's not one of the names that you've heard a thousand times over the past five weeks. And no, I'm not going to make a push to make him a candidate for the number three pick. But as always, if you like the show, follow along on Twitter at MactionPod, at MacFBCruton, AlexOnMaction at gmail.com. If you need my email for whatever reason, if you like the show, let a friend know. And if you really like the show, hit me up on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Alvarado on Maction. $3 a month will get you credited in the show notes every time I publish an episode, which is twice a week. And once I get 30 patrons, 30 monthly patrons, we'll get a Discord going. We'll get a Discord. We'll hang out with our online friends. And it'll be a good time. On Thursday the 8th, the Mac came out with a really important press release. It eliminated the intra-conference transfer policy. Quote from John Steinbrecher, Mac Commissioner, from the release. Over a decade ago, our student-athletes played an integral role in crafting a revision of the conference's interconference transfer policy. With continued student-athlete feedback, the membership will eliminate the policy and be governed solely by NCAA transfer regulations that continue to evolve. The elimination of this policy is effective immediately and aligns with our beliefs in providing opportunity and choice for Mid-American Conference student-athletes. Now, in my view, that's clearly really, really good news. Anything that means fewer hoops for these young adults to jump through when they're trying to pick out the college for them. No, this isn't it. The other one down the street, that was actually a better choice for me. I'm sorry, first choice, but I gotta go to the second choice now. You know, there should be more encouragement for letting these kids figure it out and not playing the jealous game over, oh, is this kid going to transfer from NIU to Buffalo? Oh, is this kid going to transfer from Western to Eastern? Oh, is this kid, you know, going to go from Miami to NIU and back to Akron or something like that? You know, they're not... I get that there's this paranoia, this constant state of uneasiness that coaches have to live through because that's how success is built i mean whatever i mean still in my view anything for fewer hoops for these kids to jump through is just is good it doesn't matter if the coaches have to rev up their paranoia a little bit more 
to see if are there going to be recruiting disadvantages in season? Is there going to be foul play? Personally, I don't care. I don't really think that's the biggest deal in the world going on, especially since even before the pandemic, we see a bunch of kids get their transfers denied for stupid reasons and they have to like, you know, go just go from school one to school two because, you know, grandpa's got a really bad heart condition and grandpa's actually like the breadwinner for my immediate family because my mom and dad are dead. You know, situations of the sort would come up. And even though that they're living in this world of college sports where they have a bunch of adults with a bunch of different jobs and titles and are on the board of this committee and trustee of that shit, they're not always looking out for the student's best interests, even if they really need to be closer to grandpa. The abolition of this transfer policy, you know, it also gets rid of the uh, the waiver review committee, which the faces of that change every couple of years. And it's always a group of three people from three different schools. It's a couple faculty reps and an athletic director. I don't have the roster in front of me of what the most recent committee looked like, but these people would have to look at these documents that student athletes would have to submit to them to decide whether or not they're allowed to say, I don't know, transfer from Central to Akron. And they have to look and see if the, and like the document that these kids have to type out, they have to make sure that they hit a standard that's clear as day for these people to read and point out for the fact that they're not transferring just because, oh, they're the wide receiver three and they'd rather be the wide receiver one or whatever crap like that. They have to show, quote, compelling and extenuating circumstances for their reasons to leave. And sure, you can like transfer from one school to the next um, and actually play right away, but it's not going to be through scholarship. You know, like Julian Hicks, for instance, I was thinking of him when I said transfer from Central to Akron, but I didn't, I'm not saying like why he transferred. I never talked to the kid. But still, he was able to play his first year at Akron only because he paid his way. You know, and we see guys do that, but they have to pay their way. They're not allowed to get the scholarship that they worked for, that they worked their asses off for. And it shouldn't really matter why kids leave. A lot of kids do leave because they have circumstances that are so far wild and out of their control that are not football related and are, you know, good enough reasons to transfer. A lot of kids transfer out because of off-the-field reasons. A lot of kids also transfer because, yeah, they do want a better roster spot. They do want to be higher up someone else's depth chart. They do want that playing time. They do want scouts to notice them. They do want that tape when the NFL draft time comes around for their calendar. I'm not going to shame kids for... I'm not going to shame these college football players transferring to a new college football program for college football reasons. It, it it makes sense that they absolutely should do that if that's what they're here to do, right? Like if the end goal is because of college football. But these kids would have to type out these things to say, oh, you know, you know, grandpa needs some help or there's these things that are so far outside of my control. That in itself is just not worth making these kids, 
you know, type out and relive through. And if they got all that other stuff going on, do you think they really have enough time to like type out all this other freaking paperwork and, you know, finish up and they're not transferring in easy parts of the school year. A lot of these kids are making their decisions like that when they're gearing up towards finals, when they're gearing up towards other exams. It's just, it doesn't fit right. Let's make things easier for everybody because we're all happier for it. I also want to assume that this kind of move from the Mac, and I'm not going to say it's like a purely economical thing, but these other people, the people that this community is always made up of, their offices are hit. They're hit a little bit. Uh, they're not getting paid nearly as much as they used to across the board, generally speaking. You know, some furloughs went around. Not everybody worked a full calendar year in 2020 like they might have expected to. Uh, I don't think that this is worth their time either. I just don't think it's worth their time. I think they just have so much other shit that they have to worry about at home at this point. They should just defer to the NCAA. Like, they already have the transfer portal, which, you know, they don't have to ask for permission to leave. So let's just go all out. And these coaches, it's up to them to do a good enough job of keeping these kids at home. I don't envision this leading to Toledo taking 20% of Bowling Green's roster in any one year or anything like that. I really don't see, like, any more than... And I'm just, I'm spitballing here, but I don't see how this means that there's going to be any more than three kids from any one roster going to any other amount of max schools in any given year. Like, I don't see this affecting a large percentage of your rosters. So if coaches are truly, 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 truly paranoid about this, you need to realize that there's way more other athletes out there and just focus on the guys that want to stick around. And if you have a bunch of guys that want to leave, sounds like you got some other things you need to worry about. All right, we made it to the topic that everyone loves talking about, NFL draft quarterbacks. That's right. I'm sure that that's like the only bit of media content you've consumed that sports media content that you've consumed that isn't NCAA basketball related, right? Over the past few weeks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. There's one quarterback out of the Mac that actually I've, I keep forgetting about because we didn't see him play in 2020. We didn't see David Moore play in 2020, not because he chose to set out, but because he was suspended. You know, Moore, Moore is actually a pretty decent quarterback. I actually like him. I actually do like him. Um, I don't think he's... I'll be straight up, I don't think he's going to be a quarterback that is picked in the seven-round draft. I just don't see it because there's just so much stacked against him, uh, especially experience. Like, he doesn't have a lot of game experience. He has a lot of potential, and when he throws the ball, he looks nice. He has a nice frame, has a nice spiral to it, doesn't overdo it, doesn't underdo it a whole lot has a lot of things that he needs to work on, but he's a pretty decent athlete, good enough size, and is competitive. 
went to three different colleges. Uh, apparently went to three different high schools. Uh, the three colleges that he went to, though, Memphis, Garden City Community College, and Central Michigan. Central, he was at for the last two years in 2019 and 2020. In 2019, he battled with, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the kid's name. Oh my goodness, I am blanking on the guy's name. In 2019, in Jim McElwain's first year with Central, David Moore, he played alongside Quentin Dormady. That's his name. He was the uh, grad transfer from Houston. He only played for the year. Um, And once he was battling some injuries, David Moore stepped in for four starts. uh, And then Dormady was able to come back just in time when David Moore got suspended for testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Apparently what the deal was with him, he was trying to put on some weight even before coming to Central. He was trying to put on some weight by just going to GNC, getting some over-the-counter stuff. At least this is a story. Uh, just getting some over-the-counter supplements. Was trying to put on some weight. He's only clocked in at, as of this report that I'm reading, uh, 198. So he's trying to put on some weight with all that stuff. Whatever was in there, he tested positive for it. Had to appeal to the NCAA for it. And it was annoying as all hell. Eventually, they said he was allowed to play in 2021. However, by the time he won that appeal and the NCAA said, okay, you can play in 2021, we were just kidding, you're not suspended for that year too. Well, Central has already figured out or tried to create some answers for itself at quarterback. Daniel Richardson was a freshman. He was, you know, he at least got some playing time. I don't know if he's going to be the answer moving forward, but they also got a, uh, a transfer quarterback and Jake Sermon from Washington, who, you know, he could play right away if he's good enough, I guess. So Central might have, might already have some competition for itself if David Moore decided to come back. I don't know if this is better than trying to beat those guys out and going that route. Or if he would actually, and, and you know, we'll never know. We won't know for, for years from now, and it's only for him to say. But we won't know if this is going to be the right move for him. We won't know if... He should have come back and tried to beat out Sermon and Richardson. But he is betting on himself after playing only 11 FBS games and four starts, only throwing 174 passes at the FBS level and completing 58% of them, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Again, he looks nice when he throws the ball. Uh, he drifts a lot. I guess that's one, one thing we could say about him is that he drifts a ton when he shouldn't. But other than that, he's pretty competitive, and I liked what I saw. And, you know, I kind of, you know, even though he goes to Central and I'm an Eastern guy, I was kind of hoping he'd be able to come back and, and play in 2021. I was kind of excited for him when that news was shared on the Internet when he won his appeal with the NCAA. I wouldn't call him much of a dual-threat guy. Uh, people kind of, people do that a little bit too much, but I'm not... He's got a 40-yard dash of 484. He's got a 10-yard shuttle of 1.7. And for his career, he only carried the ball 30 times for 44 yards and scored once. So uh, absolutely not a dual threat there. I mean, the one in 2019, the one year he actually got some film, he had 22 official carries. I don't know if rushes are taken or if uh, rushes, if sacks are taken out of that. 22 official carries for negative three yards, so no, not at all. 
I wouldn't be surprised if someone did try to like scoop him up and was like, you know, you're kind of like a poor man's Mac Jones. If if someone made that out of him, if a team did that out of him and at least gave him a shot, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if he just didn't make the cut because he was never able to stand still for very long at all. He had the two years at Memphis, had only two years at Central, but still moved around in high school, moved around a lot in high school, never really got to just like sit and really develop with any one coach for, I guess, even three years at a time. So I don't know what his... Yeah, I don't know. There's just there's just a lot of unknowns just because he moved around so much and just moved around so much and just didn't have the film to totally back it up. But the film he does have, it's one, not a lot. Two, it's pretty good. All right, well, that does it for me. Thank you again for listening to Alvarado on Maction. I do this podcast a couple times a week, so go ahead and subscribe to the show now. Follow me on social media. And if you're really into it, consider being a Patreon donor. Again, I'm Alex Alvarado. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.